0: I'm Steve White, a Suns fan since 1988, and you're listening to the Suns
1: Solar Panel podcast. Super excited to be here, as always, Mr. Dave King. Hello, hello. <laughs> Greg Esposito. Oh, hoi, you All right, so, uh, you know, had some time off, super excited. The Suns are on a, a three-game road trip. They take it up north. And, uh, you know, the the first half of the game was not exactly ideal. Um, You guys, I know, watched at least part of it. Dave had dinner plans and get to see the entirety of the game. But first game back where we actually had the majority of the players playing. Uh, What were some thoughts?
0: Well, they went up north and they took it down south in the first half, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, when you. It's always good
2: when you take it down (laughs) south. Well, it depends on where.
0: Oh. Uh, Hey, oh. But, you know, I think it was indicative of a team who, A, had been uh, on a week long break, and then also who hadn't played together in a while due to injury. I mean, working a lot of the rotation. Back in, uh, I think, proved to be a little bit more difficult than they thought. Aaron Baines back, Saric back. Uh, you know, I, I think it just took a little bit uh, to try to reacclimate themselves yeah. to each other as well, and it and it showed. Now you were also playing uh, one of the best teams uh, in the Eastern Conference as well, the defending champion uh, Raptors. So it's not like you were playing With the second one of the... best
2: defense in the league. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like you're playing the Sisters of the Poor. Now you did waste another uh, pretty damn good uh, Devin Booker effort. Uh, you know, we're we're used to that after the last five years, but that was uh, I, I think the the most disappointing part of the evening is Devin Booker had uh, had another great all-around game, and you couldn't find a way. Uh, to get a win, but I, I think this was a dress rehearsal for two games uh, in the rest of this road trip that you need to pick up in Chicago, and, and then I believe uh, Utah is where they finish it up. So,
1: Well, to be fair, it was uh, Devin Booker really – Uh, figured out the defense a lot more in the second half and and, Aiton, I I think he had uh, four points and eight boards or something going into the second half. So he didn't really get it going until then. Uh, And a lot of that game too was uh, the second unit just coming in. I mean, Javon Carter played extremely well. He was a spark off the bench. Um, Everything that you want Javon Carter to be uh, in those situations, most of the time you don't get it, but it was really great to see that out there. Um, you know, uh, Ty Jerome, I thought that he played okay. Uh, Kelly Oubre could never get it going the entire game. That seemed to be something. Uh, and then when the Suns were really close, they ended up missing two wide open three pointers, one by Devin Booker, another one by Mikael Bridges. Uh, and, and by the way, I don't know. It is so frustrating how good of a three point shooter Devin Booker is, uh, (laughs) except for in game. Uh,
0: (laughs) reminds me of, uh. Uh, it was Lance Blanks once called Luke Zeller, the best non in-game shooter I've ever seen. And uh, Out, no, I know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Best shooter outside, outside of, of games.
0: games. Uh, I've, I've ever seen. So literal quote, I, I think well, Devin Booker is starting to uh, fight him for that title. At least
1: it's not even a pressure thing because he takes it to these, these three point contests uh, during the yeah. all-star games and he kills it. He's fine under pressure. I don't, I don't really understand what it is. It's it's
0: because he likes <laughs> taking it off a rack rather than a pass. I don't know. Like, uh, is there is there any way to uh, can we just have that Mountain Dew uh, energy ball or whatever they called it in the three point contest just sitting out there on a pedestal for Devin Booker to to shoot with? Uh, you know, in games, I don't, I do not know because he used to actually be better than this in games. Uh, as well, and maybe it has something to do with the defense. Maybe defenses have figured out how to play him, him better beyond the arc. But man, they 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 have been terrible. Uh, when it comes to three-point shooting, and uh, I believe there were eight, sub-18% last night in that game. That's just not going to get yeah. it done in today's NBA. You have to work that much harder when your opponents are hitting threes, and you can't hit a three to stay stay in a game. I mean, it's just simple math. Yeah. A three is worth one more point than a two, and, uh, and we've seen it. Uh, take this league by storm, and that has to be a focus this offseason. How do you get additional shooting on this roster and and, and make it mesh with the rest of, of this team? Because right now, it's not working, and they are going to need that to win games. I mean, there's just no doubt about it.
2: Well, on one hand, at least they're getting their attempts back up uh, about a week before the All-Star break. They all kind of had a come to Jesus moment and sat around and stared each other down and said, come on, man, we can't be last in throwing up attempts. At least you have to throw the ball at the rim to possibly make some three-pointers. And the Suns were last in the league from, I believe, around Christmas time to about a week and a half ago, last in the league in attempts per game at around 27. Then all of a sudden they decided, you know what, we're going to start hoisting some more threes. And so they beat the Rockets that night. They had a great night against the Rockets. And then uh, barely lost to Denver and and beat Golden State. And there was uh, they had some. They lost to the Lakers, but at least they've been throwing up the threes. And last night they did put up thirty four threes, which is okay. It's yeah, but they okay. only it's made six
0: of them. Like if you're only going to make six of them, go back to hey, shooting twenty seven so of the them. Right side, <laughs> man.
2: We're talking about the bright side. At least they're putting them up there. Some of them are going to find the hoop. No, yeah, they've got to find better shooters because this offense really will hum. When DeAndre Ayton is, when he's drawing those three defenders every time he catches the ball near the post, then there's going to be three-point shooters open, and they've got to be able to drain these shots. You've got to be able to hit these open shots. It's just crazy how bad the Suns have been collectively um, this year on threes.
0: Well, and I mean, it it should also open up things for Devin Booker as well, uh, because he won't be the only one that defenses feel is a a threat uh, out there beyond the arc, so it should loosen up the defense if you've got a few other guys out there uh, that can hit him as well. Unfortunately, that's just not the case right now. I mean, I think... Frank Kaminsky and uh, and uh, whoever that guy that pretended to be Aaron Baines at the beginning of the season those were those were the closest things to legitimate three point threats yeah. uh, this team has had. Now, we need you,
2: that dude back that pretended to be Aaron Baines yeah. in the beginning of the season. Can we redraft him? Yeah,
0: I I don't know if they just overplayed him to the point where. Uh, uh, he he's just exhausted now, or what? But whoever that guy was, can we slap his picture on a uh, on a milk bottle and find Aaron Bane's uh, evil twin? Because it would be nice to have a, a guy that plays like that as your backup center.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Suns, uh, Vegas has the Suns at thirty-two and a half wins to close out the season, I believe. The Suns have 26 games left to go, which means they would need to, what, win about 40% of the games out? Uh, yeah, you guys so taking I, the yeah. over or under?
2: Well, it's what's interesting here is I, I mapped out uh, for Brightside, brightsideofthesun.com, I mapped out the rest of the regular season schedule. If you take the probable wins based on the way they've been playing this year, this whole season, if you take the probable wins against the probable losses, they would finish about twenty ten and 17, which would be 32 wins on the season because coming in with 22 to start with 32 wins on the season. If they don't improve, if they just stay as inconsistent, sometimes good, sometimes bad, usually lose to the good teams, usually beat the bad team wins. So Tim, your question, are they, are they going to go over that 32 and a half wins? I mean, an optimist to me would say yes, but the pessimist will say 32 sounds about right.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, first off, Tim, congratulations. You were capable of saying a city that I thought you uh, would uh, it would crawl and curl up in a ball uh, any time that you had to say the name in Vegas, so congratulations
2: <laughs> That's like moved pasta from the old Lion King.
1: Vegas, You've moved past the PTSD. I text my buddy Evan uh, a picture of uh, NBA Summer League coming up, and his only response was no. <laughs> <laughs> well, at
0: least you have some good influences because we're going to try to push you there anyways. Yeah, we are. are. <laughs> but, you know, this is this is how good Vegas is, right? I mean, Dave went through the numbers. If they play that way, uh, the way they have all season, they're going to hit 32, right? So Vegas understands how to put the number exactly where you're not quite comfortable going either direction, right? Right. Now, I, I, I'm going to go with the over— but only by half a game. I think they get to 33. I think that's where where they wind <laughs> up. Uh, I we're not talking like uh, oh, we're not going to go hey, they're going to get 41. Where they're going to shock the world, right? No. I, they're going to they're going to be right in that range. And hey, hey guess what? I'm pretty sure this was the show where we basically told you they were going to be between 32 and 35 wins this year. And and I think that's where they're going to wind up is right, right in that range. So, but Vegas are
2: beating the original Vegas odds. If anybody was smart enough to have gone out to Vegas and actually um, taken Mm -hmm. bets at that time or place bets or wherever you place bets these days, I'm not a gambler. um, But and done that 29 and a half where everything started, uh, you're in really good shape to win that money.
0: Yep, I mean, uh, you're you're basically guaranteed that money right now. I think it would be it'd oh, be catastrophic that, right? to, god to god. not hit that.
2: Basically, <laughs> stop it. You're ruining everything. We're jinxing it. Oh my god. All of a sudden Devin Booker breaks in half, Ricky Rubio's leg falls off. That's already happened. That one.
0: Ricky Rubio's already disappeared, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, it's no
2: only a flesh wound and then another leg will fall off and so he'll be walking around with on his on his hips anything can happen right uh, uh,
1: but even so
2: even so the Suns will have the third biggest turnaround in the whole league if they finish with the 32 33 34 win range Um, and even if they only finish with 30 wins they'll have the fourth biggest turnaround in the league so we should be proud of this team It's tough when you're in the middle and the mire and the muck of watching the team and wanting them to win more games than they actually do. That's tough. I get it. I want them to win every freaking time, too. Um, But we should should be able to step back and be proud of the fact that the Suns have an all-star and they've won more games, uh, a bigger turnaround than just about every team in the league this year.
1: Zach Hensley on YouTube chat. Uh, says so to go over, and the Suns are going to uh, go on a twenty-game win streak. So
2: yeah, good for you, Zach.
1: Also, yeah. want to know if Greg, your camera is a bit closer to your face than normal? And as <laughs> soon as he said that, I looked on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is right on you, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'm trying a new setup here. It's not exactly working. Yeah, We're going to go back to the old you.
1: setup.
0: <laughs> yeah. Going back to the old setup. Uh, you guys are assholes. Uh, at least that's consistent. I take the over on Dave and uh, Tim being assholes, all yeah,
1: right? I, I think it, it more has to do with the fact that you shaved. That has a lot to do with
0: it. <laughs> a lot to do with it. There's a lot more face you can see now. That hey, Greg, I, that can I you
1: move shaved. that
2: camera about five feet further away from you? I, that would be I great. I wish But I'm in a walk in (laughs) closet,
0: so there's not a whole hell of a lot of room, all right? Uh,
1: Can we make it smaller? (laughs) So I I do want to talk a little bit about the All Star game. And the point I want to make is so for years, the All Star game, I haven't. cared about it i thought it was a pretty shitty game like it's not really all that entertaining it's not very competitive it's like i don't really care right like if if it's on tv and i happen to be home i'll watch it other than that i'm not going to that being said with devin booker ended this year it i finally understood what it felt like to have one of your players in the all-star game and why people care so much
0: well and then you also got treated to a format that made it a hell of a lot more interesting uh, but but tim's right even past. before
2: we're talking about the format because we can we'll get to that yeah. um, but definitely just the experience of knowing that our my team it's been a long time i could show you before and after pictures of myself and it's not pretty Of uh, the last time we had a Suns player in the all-star game when i was a fan yeah and i mean uh, 2012, it's just it's Steve been Dish. a long freaking time yeah but even that was like a was like a career achievement award kind of thing. I mean, the last, but you're <laughs> right. Steve Nash in 2012, that was great. And what's so funny is that the local media, because um, they all jump on a plane too, and they go out there. So we've got we've got several of the local media who go out there, the ones who are paid and on salary for their organizations, unlike myself, who just suddenly jump on a plane when a guy is, is, is sent there. They had been to All-Star Games, every single year for a very long time, uh, through 2012. And I remember some of them thinking, Oh, it's kind of a relief to get the weekend off, you know, starting in 2013 is, Oh yeah, this isn't bad. Well, eight years later, they're all very excited (laughs) to get back on the freaking plane. They're all different different too.
0: I mean that they're, they're all, they're all, uh, (laughs) they're all different beat writers. I don't think any of them had ever actually gone to cover at at all-star game. So it had to be a, a new experience for all of them, so yeah, you know, like, uh, it, but also, I mean, it it helped too when he's in there for for two minutes. Uh, in the first two minutes, he's in there. He has a spectacular putback dunk too, like uh, that caught everybody, including LeBron and, and AD off guard, including Devin. Yeah, you know. <laughs> surprise. Oh my gosh, I can jump like
2: that. Who knew? He has you know? never in his career. I've seen every play of his career. I've never seen that before. (laughs) That put back dunk. He even said it afterwards in an interview. He's like, Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know that was in my bag.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you can shock yourself in an all star game, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) He couldn't hit a three in that game, though, either. So at least he's consistent in the game.
1: I I didn't think he played particularly well in the game. He looked a little bit nervous. Um, But there was just like a sense of pride of of having him there and and uh pride as a suns fan which i haven't really felt in a long time but in just being proud of devin booker for being there too
0: yeah well, wouldn't you be nervous too to look i mean you look around and the guys that are watching you are the best in the in the game like you, you've got lebron and, and ad sitting on your bench just uh, just staring at you Kawhi's there i mean I don't blame him for being nervous in that kind of situation. I think, uh, I think it's probably pretty easy to get rattled that way.
2: So an uh, evidence of the turnaround of Devin Booker's perception nationally this year as if he became a completely different player. Now, our own fans, us, our own fans, will say that Devin Booker is a better player this year, for sure. He's played more within a team concept because there is a concept that he's been able to play within In years past. He's been asked to do most of the scoring. And when things break down, just go ahead and do what you can Devin to get some points for sure. But he was still playing winning basketball in prior years. And now this year, all of a sudden he's playing on a, on a team with a plan and he's staying within that plan every time. Of course that plan is to make a few more threes, but uh, he's staying within that plan every time. And it looks good. Then all of a sudden the national media are like, oh, yeah, he definitely deserves to be an all star when he really could have been an all star a year ago, too. The team just didn't win enough games. Um, But uh, perfect evidence of the turnaround is a year after Nate Duncan said that he would like like Danny Green over Devin Booker. Um, now he's got Devin Booker as the second best shooting guard in the league behind James Harden. Yeah, was that not cash?
1: just the, he made that, that take on our show when he came on, and that just had to have been the dumbest. Like I understood what he was saying. You, you know, he was he was making the point that if you're a contender, you want a role player in that position, somebody that's proven a three and D guy is going to be very valuable. Still, a god awful take. It was a terrible take.
2: I, I love the <laughs> fact, I love the fact that he went on our show and talked about it for an hour
0: and then blo- and defended himself and then blocked every Suns fan in existence on. Uh, on I felt media. like I was
2: one of the late blocks, but I, he like, definitely
0: got me blocked. Look, look, congratulations, Suns fans! You did it. Between all of us annoying the crap out of him on social media, the Donkey Award. I think we finally accomplished what we hoped to, and Nate Duncan uh, proved that he's a flip flopper and. Uh, and has now finally given <laughs> Devin Booker some respect uh, that he deserves, and uh, now I'm it's not still even the sure. Award, though. Yeah, oh, it'll forever be the Dunky Award. But I, you know, I'm going to say this: I'm not even sure. I'd say he's the second best shooting guard in the league. Uh, I think he. I think now he may be overcompensating for the fact that he was so damn wrong last year. But uh, but we'll see. I, I, he's definitely one of the best. Who, but can, can, who, who do you have above him then? Well, it depends on who who you count as a shooting guard. I'm not going to get into rankings, but he's, he's at he's top three, a bare minimum. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like Duncan and LaRue are now like, Oh crap. They, they're looking at the car wreck that they caused last year. And like, we probably should uh, try to, to try to backtrack on that as fast. Well, as we they're can. overcorrecting
2: yeah. just like yeah. any bad driver does when you go a little bit too far to the right. Then all of a sudden you overcorrect and you're about to spin out your car. Yeah. I mean, look, we're even realistic enough to say, "Hey, that's pretty. That's that's really that's kind of lofty." You know, there's some pretty good shooting guards out there, but Devin Booker is definitely an all-star, and I am looking forward to seeing if he can make an all-NBA team at the end of the year. All he's got to do is make about six threes, and he can do it. <laughs> so
0: six threes total, or <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean,
1: I just, I just he's argue never that... exceeded that in a game, so I'm going <laughs> to cap it at. <laughs> Well, okay. apart if if you were to go down the line of shooting guards in the NBA, and I realize that you don't want to, um, I apart from Harden, there's not a single shooting guard I would rather have than Devin Booker.
0: Well, are you count? Do you count Chris Middleton as a small forward or shooting guard? Where do you put Middleton? Well,
1: like, regardless of where you put Middleton, I still wouldn't rather have Chris well, Middleton than Devin Booker. Th- this season, I
0: would. You go look at it. If Chris Middleton's putting up. Uh, what would be MVP numbers uh, for a guy uh, if he was leading a team rather than playing next to Giannis on the team that's that he on paper when seventy to wins? That. You know, like I I think there's an argument, but he's top three. I mean, there's no disagreement there. Simple fact. I just think it's amazing that they go from I'd rather have Danny Green to second best, and not that much has changed in Devin's game. Uh, right. the the efficiency is is slightly better this year uh, than it but was. But he was the super efficient
2: year. last year. Yeah, Ooh. I
0: know. I mean, the only thing is it's slightly better. Like, so I don't I, I don't see how you how you make that big of a uh, of a jump where nothing changes outside of the fact that he was an injury replacement. Uh, on an all-star team. And if you're basing how good a guy is simply off of, does he make an all-star team or not? Uh, you're a moron anyway. So, uh, so, uh, so uh, uh,
1: Fabio on YouTube did say, uh maybe Beal or Clay. I could see the argument for Beal, obviously not for Clay because Clay's not playing. Uh Chris Middleton though, uh twenty points, uh six boards, uh, what, four assists this season. I, I don't think you put him above it. I, I could see the argument for Beal.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean Beale's up there as well. No good on uh uh, on the Twitter chat goes, Greg is about to get the next donkey, and you know, what? <laughs> maybe I am. I I don't know. Like, no, I
2: think it's a, I think it's a legit argument. I think Bradley Beal would be great. Um, I think uh, is is great. Um, he's the only actually guy who scored as many points as he has and not made the All Star game. Thank God it's not him and Booker anymore. Um, <laughs> thank you, Damian Lillard, for having yep. that little tweak and then going on the Booker. Uh, on the Booker train. I I really appreciate being that conductor. So Damian Lillard, when the Portland trailblazers come and visit the Suns in a few weeks, you have got to give Damian Lillard a standing ovation Suns fans. You've got to stand up and cheer him like he is. He is the original son. We need him to be cheered because he's the one who led that train to get him on that all-star game in that 12 hour period. It was just amazing.
0: And then Celtic pride him, where we kidnap him until uh, the uh, the Trailblazers are willing to trade him.
2: To well, Phoenix, you, you, so, yeah. you you cheer him once in the <laughs> starting lineup when he's introduced, and then you boo him the rest of the game not, because we're still Suns fans.
0: You do not boo. Do not boo Damian Lillard. Just be silent the rest of the time. Uh, oh, that's true because
2: you can piss him off. Don't don't he...
0: boo him. We I, I if he loves <laughs> Devin that much, he could be the a piece of the next uh, super team. So let's not upset him, Phoenix. All right. All right. Uh, stat of the week, guys. Stat of the week. You guys, right? Stat of the week. Stat, stat, stat of the week. Stat of the week. <laughs> All right. It's, yeah, oh, that yeah. is almost as bad as Tim's haircut. <laughs>
1: Hey, (laughs) PIPM team leaders, player impact plus minus. This is basically a luck adjusted plus minus with the value of the box scoring a handful of other small things that estimate a player's value over the course of the season. And what that means is basically if a a team goes completely cray uh, from three one night, that's more luck than anything else. The stat takes that into account.
0: Did Uh, you just say cray?
1: a little bit. All uh, right.
0: For, 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 You're about 15 years
1: too old to be saying that, but all right, continue. Uh, team team leaders <laughs> for the Suns PIPM this season. Ricky Rubio leads the squad at plus 2.74. But Mikhail wait, Brid- the
2: fans are saying he's he sucks and he needs to go.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I I see all that garbage out there too. Uh, Mikhail Bridges plus one point five nine, Devin Booker plus one point two six, and DeAndre Ayton plus one point one eight.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I um, look. We talk about. <laughs> we talk I don't know about... how to
0: how you argue with it. Yes, that is the math of the situation. <laughs>
2: Um, well here let's just talk through it a little bit I know Ricky Rubio is hard to watch I get it I watch him and I go "Mm, he he should be a better shooter after all these years in professional basketball how do you not develop a better jump shot I totally get it and I totally get it that that fans not just casual fans but also super fans really love to see a jump shot go in the hoop that's just (laughs) that's just basketball and so it's hard to appreciate a Ricky Rubio out there it really is I get it but Having said that, the Suns are nowhere without Ricky Rubio. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is the guy who's running that offense. He's leading the defense. He's doing everything a point guard needs to do except that one thing you want to see him do. He's making passes. He's he's setting up the offense. He's putting guys in position to score more than any other player. And I'm not just saying compared to the Suns' backup point guards i'm just saying compared to most he is the he's no matter how you look at it no matter how you slice it he's a middle of the pack point guard for the nba yes there's 15 better point guards out there but you know what there's a lot more than 50 more players out there who try to run point guard in this league and ricky rubio we are lucky to have him should he should we have a better backup point guard absolutely i i have a front it's even more frustrating than watching ricky rubio is watching Elia Kobo. And I just don't understand how that dude is still getting playing time. I, I hope Monty does hit some adjustments. But then again, no one's really play, No one else is playing great. Javon Carter is playing hard, absolutely, always plays hard, but he doesn't run an offense. The offense totally bogs down with him. Um, and Ty Jerome can run an offense, but he can't make any shots right now, and he doesn't do a whole lot consistently well. So you're kind of the Suns are stuck, and you need to appreciate Ricky Rubio for who he is. He's is making a huge difference for this team, huge yeah. difference. And we need to stop worrying about the fact that he he can't he can barely get the ball over the rim to get it in the hoop, let alone make the shot.
0: Well, the problem in part with Ricky too is, I mean, you played him so many minutes earlier in the season. I think he's wearing down a bit, and that goes back to the there's not a. Backup point guard. You need somebody else that can run this offense, and it can't all be on him. And I think, uh, you know, yes, he's a middle-of-the-pack point guard, and guess what? He's paid the 17th most out of uh, out of point guards, even with what he's making. So he's paid right where he's, uh, you know, right where... Uh, he's playing as well by the way in, in i find the, uh, the the pimp rankings more interesting where yeah, it's PM. uh no no i find pimp uh rankings more interesting where it's kelly and uh Devin neck and <coughs> neck in, in oh, those you're
1: so rankings funny. so, uh, uh, so it, this isn't this isn't the only stat the only advanced stat that shows that ricky rubio has uh no
2: just about every single one of them all of those you're right tim yep Well,
1: the best impact on the on the team. And um, uh, for me personally, Ricky Rubio has always been one of my favorite players. I just love to watch him play. Uh, The only thing I've been disappointed with him this season has been uh, his defense and his inability to stay in front of guys at times. And I think that that has hurt the team. Uh, But overall, I enjoy watching Ricky Rubio's game.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting, too, you look at it; Rubio's on that list. You brought up Aiton. On that list, uh, these are two guys that take a a lot of the ire uh, of Suns fans, and yet they're you know they make that list. And then you look at Mikhail Bridges is there? I think you said he was second uh, in the group, uh, and and people will debate. Well, should he be a starter or not? Uh, it, it's just interesting that you when you look at the impact, you've got. You know, two guys that that take a lot of hate, and one that people like. Well, maybe he should be a bench guy or not uh, on that list when you're looking at the advanced
1: metrics of it all. Mikhail Bridges has gotten a lot better over mm-hmm. the course of the season. I mean, he's he, there's a lot of moves that he's doing that he just didn't have earlier, and he's a mm-hmm. lot more aggressive. Um, th- th- all of a sudden he has a Euro step at times, which honestly kind of surprised me that he didn't have that before. Uh, but I think that we've seen a lot of growth out of Mikel Bridges. Oh, certainly. I, I think you. we seen have seen growth road. out of
2: Mikel, but he's still averaging eight points and four rebounds and 1.6 assists and all that. But the thing is that again, for just for the same reason that people are frustrated with Ricky Rubio, cause he doesn't make enough jump shots. They're frustrated watching Mikel Bridges because he doesn't score enough points offensively and I think people don't appreciate Mikel for how good he is for this team he is he is one of the glue guys for for a team that every team needs Uh, we all loved P.J. Tucker when he did this kind of thing scoring less than 10 points a game and not filling up the box the box scores but doing all the other things for you Mikel just does it quieter than P.J. P.J. is a bowling ball and and uh, McHale just kind of glides around and does a lot of good things. Hold I love McHale Bridges. Hold on. PJ, People don't appreciate him.
0: PJ also was a guy that you found on a scrap heap in Germany, and Mikhail is a, a lottery pick. So that may be some of it, too. When you, when you have a guy sure. that comes in with no expectations, it's easier to love him for doing the little things. When a guy comes in a, a, as a lottery pick, it's a lot more difficult to – to look, uh, look past some of the, the bigger stat sheet things and go, oh, he's doing the little things. So I get that from, from a fan perspective. But I wonder how much of the, the offensive side of things is on Monty and, and not getting uh, McHale involved. Now, I get it. You've got Uber, you've got Booker, you've got Aiton. They all need their shots. But, uh, you know, when, when McHale's getting, you know, four, five, six shots uh, in a game. uh, And that's what he, what he's able to get. Is that an aggressiveness on, on his part? Or is it uh, a a offensive flaw for not designing things to get him
1: involved as well?
0: It's just a thought.
1: Well, I don't think he gets, I don't think he gets far less touches though, is the only thing, you know, like he, he shoots when he's open. uh, And he, he, he shoots when it's off the cut, right? Yeah, he, Kelly doesn't, Ubray, he doesn't
2: hunt for offense. Right.
1: Though. Kelly Ubrey, though, you give him the ball at the three point line, he's going to dribble the ball 15 times and, uh, and try and, and he's going to take a shot, essentially. Yeah. Like Mikhail Bridges isn't that type of player. Uh, so I do think that that is more of an um, aggression issue. Yeah, issue and you will. know, well, Friday, it's really, the an interesting and... thought, though, is
2: that maybe we should just keep all our good players. And not really try to decide between Ubre and Bridges?
0: <laughs> no, I, and it doesn't always have to be about that. But you bring up Oubre, Oubre will shoot, and, and McHale wouldn't. Well, in Friday night's game in Toronto at one point, uh, McHale had eight points on, I, I believe it was... Five shots, and Ubre had six points on fourteen shots. So, Ubre had a tough <laughs> night for sure. If we're going <laughs> to yeah. pick out individual oh, games,
2: yeah. we definitely pick this one out as a, as a tough night well, for him. For
0: yeah, sure. my, and my point is simply that that uh, willingness to always shoot isn't always a good thing, as as much as. Uh, Mikhail's hesitancy to shoot isn't a, isn't a good thing, uh, as well. It can go so both ways, yeah. You know? The
2: morning after people back to Rubio for just a second, the morning after people are complaining really big about Ricky Rubio and to a smaller extent, Mikhail Bridges, but mostly Rubio. Rubio had 13 points, nine assists, four steals, uh, and, um, Three rebounds. I mean, the guy had a really good game. He just didn't shoot the ball well, but nobody shot the ball well, and well, nobody should was, expect him to that, shoot the, the ball he well. That comeback in the second half, from what I heard.
1: Well, yeah. no, well, not exactly. It was uh, so the bench came in. Uh, Javon Carter specifically uh, came in, and that's sort of what sparked the comeback in the game. Uh, and then when they were really close down the stretch, Monty took the the subs out. Put back in the starters. One of those starters being Ricky Rubio, and that's when uh, it kind of went downhill. It wasn't just because well, of Ricky Rubio. by any stretch,
2: Rubio but... was only a minus five in a seventeen-point loss, though.
0: Hey, let yeah, let's Good yeah, point. take take a
2: step back, and
0: you know, I, I think Suns fans are getting a little spoiled here. Do we not remember the last uh, two and a half years? Uh, As Suns fans and the poo-poo platter of point guards that we uh, had to watch play this game, nine assists from a point guard was a whole week. In in the <laughs> last few seasons, right? Like, it wasn't yeah. a game. Ricky Rubio has come in and done exactly what they've asked him to. And if you expected him to be a shooter, you have not watched any of his games or understood that that was not anything that you were hoping he was bringing to the table. He wasn't magically, uh, you know, later in his career going to go, oh, that's how I shoot. You know, it, he never was a great shooter. He's come in to run the offense and get assists, and he's done exactly that. And it's not his fault that that he doesn't have a quality backup and that, that you know, people are expecting yeah. more of him than than you should expect. He is not a, a guy that's going to shoot high percentages and just deal with it because— it's a million times better than you had it with, uh, with the G League uh, guys that you were running out at point guard. And better than you have it when he goes to the bench and you're running G League guys out there this year.
1: I do want to take a minute to thank one of our listeners for supporting the show. So if you're watching on YouTube right now or if you are listening on the podcast version, if you feel like you do get something out of the Sun Solar Panel podcast, uh, open up the uh, show notes below and there is a support the show button. You can do a one, a five or a ten dollar option. If you do the ten dollar option, I will personally send you some Sun's swag. I got it right that time. Hey, um, and I do want to. I always thank... thought
2: you were intentionally doing it wrong. No, I'm just
1: an <laughs> idiot. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do want to take a moment, though, to thank one specific listener, Eric Fleury. He's uh, a new supporter of the show. So, Eric, thank you so much. If you're listening, go ahead, shoot us your address on Twitter, and I will make sure that I get that gear sent out to you.
0: And Tim will also send you a baggie of the hair that he cut off. So, you'll get that as well. Just, just for you, the, the the listener. But thanks, guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we've teased it. Air. <laughs> <laughs> we've, for, for the ladies, so, the ladies out there that love Tim, uh, the two of you that listen. It. So, uh, also, uh, we've teased it before, but coming soon, a new way uh, to support the show where uh, you might be able to unlock commercial-free episodes, some additional... Uh, uh, the content potentially will keep you updated on that. But uh, and new interesting things coming from us here at the solar panel as
1: well. All right. So you guys ready for the middle segment? The middle segment. Cool. Middle, middle, middle. Out in. <laughs> we got to come up with a better name for that. Uh, <laughs> 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 Jesus. All right. Um Okay, so we're, we're coming up on the rest of the season, right? What do we expect for the Suns down the stretch? Obviously, there's lineups. There's whether or not they can actually make at least a push to be in the conversation where, oh, they almost made the playoffs type deal. Um, what are you guys going to be watching for uh, more questions? Um, what is them finishing around 32 means for 32 wins mean for free agency?
2: Well, first of all, this is the first time in Devin Booker's career that the team is not looking for a draft pick uh, to get the highest draft pick possible in this, after the All-Star break. So kudos to Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns for in his fifth season, the Suns are for the first time not looking to lose as many games as possible as an organization. And then the players having to lie to us or at least lie to themselves and say, God, you know, we're still playing for something. We're still playing to be the playoff spoiler. We're still playing for pride, blah, 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 blah. This year, at least, the Suns are actually playing to win games. Yes, they're way out of the eighth seed. I get it. They get it. They're not dumb. Uh, And when people say they should just fold and give up, like I saw in a few bright side comments yesterday, I'm like, What? You've got to play like you're going to go on a run. And guess what? Sometimes you actually go on the run, and sometimes you don't. So we're going to actually, what I'm going to watch, for the Suns to play like they're playing for something. And all you can do is one game at a time, win that game, go to the next one. Win that game, go to the next one. Try to win that game. The Suns have a tough schedule coming up. It's not a killer schedule. It's just a tough schedule. The Memphis Grizzlies have the league's toughest schedule remaining. The New Orleans Pelicans is the team most likely to climb up to that eighth seed, and that'll be awesome to watch Zion Williamson going against Anthony Davis in the first round. That'll be fun um, if that's what happens. But in the meantime, the Suns need to do everything they can to win every game they can. Get to that 32, 33, 34, 35 wins. Do something that they haven't done in Booker's entire career and go into the summer uh, grow, because you know what? Here's what's happening. DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, and Mikel Bridges are the core of this current team. They're also really young. None of them has hit their career peaks. They haven't even approached their career peaks yet. Uh, and they're going to get better. Free agents are going to like that. And the Suns right now, they all they, they have free agent money. They're one of only six teams in the NBA who will have money to spend this summer. There aren't great free agents out there, but there are really function good free agents out there like Danilo Gallinari and Jeremy Grant and Bogdan Bogdanovich and guys like that. There are players out there who can really help this team and the Suns will be able to acquire one or two of those to add to the core of this team and get and continue to get better. I'm looking forward to this. I think the second half of the season can mean something if we're not using the playoffs as the only barometer of success.
0: Oh, certainly. I I don't think the playoffs are the only barometer of success. Uh, Somebody in the chat said, uh, progress, not perfection, is, uh, is what you should be looking for. And I think that's the truth. It's all about... Uh, are you taking those steps to continue to get better? Are things clicking in the second half where, where you show, hey, w- without injuries, if they can remain healthy, uh, that this team uh, really does have something going for it? You have to try to figure out what do you have right now so you can understand what you need in free agency. I think the Suns benefit from this being one of the weaker drafts we've seen in a while because there's not that pressure to wind up with a top five pick because there's oh, there's potentially three or four game changers uh, in this draft. I mean, it really looks like uh, one or two at most, if that, in this draft. So so tanking isn't even something that needs to be uh, discussed or considered. Plus, you've got James Jones' uh, lack of desire to, to have draft picks as well. I mean, I, I believe it was Gambo was saying, do not expect this uh, this team to keep their first round pick. That it's it, it's in all likelihood going to be going to be traded. So uh, I think that's that's a good thing. You don't have to focus on this. We don't have to be worrying about which prospect is which right now. It's just about can this team prove that they can be uh, a quality basketball team over the next handful of. Uh, of years and, and and can they prove that the the building blocks are here? And who are those building blocks? Do any of these backup point guards emerge as somebody that that you want to keep long term, or are all, are all of them proving that they're oh. too much of a project? Should they be the you know the third, fourth uh, uh, guy uh, you know off the bench in terms of uh, uh, of a point guard moving forward? There's all sorts of questions that can still be answered in this and you, you want to see 32, 33, 34 wins because to your point earlier, Dave, uh, that's one of the top, uh, you know, turnarounds in the NBA this year. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. We always call you've this got a,
2: to at the bare minimum. You have to finish with a three in front of your mm-hmm. win total. You've got to have 30 something. You've got to get out of the twenties. The Suns haven't been out of the twenties in five years. That's a milestone that will be I mean, if you can look back on this season and you can see DeAndre Ayton is a clear number two as far as total player, because he actually likes to play defense uh, and which is rare in NBA players, especially ones who have been golden golden childs their entire lives. So um, playing defense and offense, DeAndre Ayton being a clear number two on a good team showing that they can win consistently Devin Booker being a clear number one or two on a, on a really good team uh, Devin Booker getting an all-star game um, under his belt. So the Suns now have an all-star on their roster and getting in the thirties on wins. Those are huge success stories for this season. And we need to remember that. And then anything on top of that is gravy. But you've got to You've got to reward and appreciate the, the successes that this team has already putting on their plates
0: yeah certainly I mean and you're likely gonna have an all-nba you know appearance for Devin Booker uh, as well at the end of the year these these are things we talked about at the beginning uh, of this offseason that this should be the stepping stone of a season the springboard uh, to being a true playoff contender. And that got muddled a little bit with the fast start, the fact that the eighth seed has been uh, a dumpster fire in the Western Conference. So I think that view got skewed a little bit uh, in in this whole uh, process. But this is a huge step forward for this team, and it's about building on it in this offseason. And I think you're likely going to see the additions come via trade, not this free agency market, at least in a high-impact addition. But this is the offseason where you take that next step to where you are a true uh, you know, a competitor for that eighth seed, that seventh or eighth seed in the back half of the West. And yes, it's going to get tougher next year, but that's why you have to understand in these final 25, 26 games what you have and where you really need to supplement Uh, Going into the offseason and you need to you need to figure out is Aaron Baines more the guy you saw at the beginning of the season or more the guy that you've seen recently that's injured and and just underperforming uh, in expectations. But you have to make a decision on him this offseason as well. So there's a lot of important things coming up in in this back half of the year.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of a lot of important milestones and also just the feeling of every game. For the first time, the Suns are actually being looked at as a legit team. And uh, in in the second half, you know, post-All-Star break, part of a season, the Suns have not been seen as a legit team for five years. So it's really interesting in an entire... Devin Booker's entire career so they're gonna see the Toronto Raptors coming out strong against them instead of thinking it's an auto win and and barely slogging through the game like the Suns have watched the good teams do in the past years so when the Suns do get wins at this time of year it's going to be over teams that really aren't good and if they beat some teams that are good it'll be real wins not just the oh they just showed up thinking they had an easy one in their back pocket so Every game is even different now for Devin Booker than they have been in prior years. Uh, that he's going to be seeing, and the, the, there are guys on his team who are used to that kind of intensity from the opponent. Um, that's really going to help, you know. The, the Aaron Baines is and and Ricky Rubio and all these guys have are used to seeing Dario Sharich are used to seeing other teams' best plays, um, best efforts, and it's so. Devin is really learning. This entire season is a great learning experience for DeAndre and Devin on how to really focus and push and succeed under the pressure of playing against really difficult circumstances. And, you know, I really think Devin Booker learned a lot in the All-Star Game, too, watching those guys kill each other for that to, to race to 157 with that um, the Elam ending, the, the target score ending. Uh, that was incredible to watch that fourth quarter, of that all-star game. And I, I did cut us off a little bit. Greg, you were going to talk about it. And I thought we'd get back to it, and we didn't. So sorry about that. But that target score ending of the fourth the fourth quarter of that all-star game was incredibly fun to watch. I was on the edge of my seat watching to see what was going to happen, how they were going to get to that target score. And it was just really fun. And Devin got to see some of the best players in the world in the world, killing themselves offensively and defensively to try to hold the other team from scoring and to do their own scoring themselves, not giving up three easy shots, not giving up anything easy. It was really fun to watch. And Kyle Lowry, who plays for the Raptors, really was a big player in that game. So was Chris Paul. It was really fun. Uh, and Devin got to see that too, firsthand, on how much harder all these guys can play than he's ever seen them play before. Because they've never played that hard against his Phoenix Suns.
0: Yeah, I I think it gave him a sneak preview of how the intensity gets ratcheted up in the playoffs. It it goes to another level on both ends of the court. And it it becomes something completely different than what you experience in in, in what have been meaningless regular season games for for Booker. And, And I think he's up for that kind of challenge. He's, if you look at this son's roster, I look at him and go, that's the guy that would thrive, I think, in that in that kind of situation. And you mm-hmm. need DeAndre Ayton to, to continue to learn how to use his body and bang uh, against guys to get there, because that's what the, this playoff atmosphere will be like for them. Uh, one thing that we haven't touched on that I, I think was – Uh, It it, it caused some waves. Did you see Giannis wore the University of Arizona uh, versions of his (laughs) shoes the other night? And the internet all of a sudden was like... Well, maybe we should save that money for 2021. Is there any way to kind of just uh, sign a bunch of one-year deals? You know, like
2: yeah, uh, he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> doing that because he loves Arizona, though. No, he was doing it because the U of
0: A wears those shoes on a regular basis. I think it was just simply that no, you showcasing know, you know a wide of the shoes.
2: It was a U of A shoes, right? Why? Because he's got a big beef with James Harden, who went to ASU. You
0: think that? You think that was yeah, part of it? Yeah, that's what people are saying.
2: Yeah, he went out of his way to say how much. Um, well, James Harden dissed him last year for winning the MVP over over Harden. Harden said, "Oh, uh, Giannis won it because of narrative or whatever." Said something, and now that Giannis has has been digging at Harden. If you remember after the All Star game, well, first of all, before the All Star game, when Giannis and and um, uh, LeBron were picking their teams, Giannis made a comment that he wasn't going to take James Harden for his team, and he left Harden for LeBron. And then after the All-Star game, Giannis said, yeah, everything we did, we just targeted uh, wherever whoever James Harden was playing at the end of the game. That's who we, who we were targeting <laughs> for scoring against. And then play, wearing the U of A shoes because Harden went to ASU. Just, just all these little digs. Hey. Um, against Harden, I think it's probably one of those fun rivalries that you know people accuse Greg and I of not liking each other, and it's that's it's just hilarious. It's, it's probably one of those. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> um, it's probably one of those, but it's it could also be that they just don't like each other. It's just fascinating. It's fun I, to watch.
0: I think yeah, and that's what makes some of the NBA just fun is is those little those little things, the the digs like that, the the back and forth, the trash talk. You don't necessarily. Get that in in other sports, and it's a fun level of uh, of drama to add. So sorry, I just found that that was funny. That people on on the internet all of a sudden were like, "Oh, wait, hold on, can we can we draw any lines? Can we make any connections?" Giannis isn't coming to Phoenix. I'm just going to tell you guys that right now. Breaking news: uh, ESPO reporting, Giannis
1: not coming to Phoenix. So from the from the guards, what are we looking at? Down the stretch, is there anything that the team wants to see? Is there anything that you guys want to see? And when oh, oh, I'm yeah. talking guards, I'm talking backup, backup Point guards. Guard. Because going into going into this off season, it's pretty clear that <laughs> the Suns desperately uh, need. Some sort of a backup point guard uh, that could play meaningful minutes, though, not just not just somebody that can hang around for five, but can play meaningful minutes and make real impact on this team. That being said, they do have a couple of guys that have all shown something, some more than others. Um, You know, uh, are we collectively giving up on Javon Carter too soon? Do the Suns? what do the Suns want to see out of these guys is decide whether or not they want to spend X amount of their salary um, on a backup point guard. Well, look, they
0: they need to see something out of these guys because they've shown very little. They these guys have to realize they're fighting for their lives on this roster the the remainder of these games, and somebody needs to emerge as somebody you could trust at all. Like Ty Jerome has done very little this year to make me feel like he was worthy of being picked in that back half. Uh, Of the first round last year Uh, there, you know, Javon Carter, a lot of energy, but have we really seen anything that suggests that he's a long-term answer? Uh, And Elliot Kobo, I I think, I think that the, the verdict is already in on him, at least for me, I'm, I'm completely underwhelmed on Ellie. So these guys have to show something that they want to be here, that they have value for this roster, because it would not shock me if all three of them were not part of this team come next year if they don't show something.
2: Uh, wait, all three of who? Say it again.
0: Melton, Ty Jerome, and Melton. Uh, not oh, Mel- don't I'm do sorry. That
2: to me. Not Melton, Okobo.
0: Sorry, somebody in the chat just said Melton. Okobo, Ty Jerome, and uh, Javon Carter.
2: So let me throw this out. So first of all, Ty Jerome has a guaranteed contract for next year. He's just a rookie. He is going to be on the team next year for the same reason that uh, Elia Kobo is on the team in year two as well. But the rest of them, Elia Kobo is is not guaranteed after this year. Um, the Suns can release him. Javon Carter is a very functional player and should come back as somebody's third point guard. Absolutely. And I would love it to see him back on the Suns, but he should not be considered the backup point guard. I just don't see it because he's got to be able to run an offense. The dude who's going to be back next year, but also needs to prove it this year that he's worthy of being a reliable, as, as Tim put it, a reliable backup point guard has got to be Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome has to step up. If he can play in the NBA, he's got to be able to show it the next two months. If not, the Suns have got to find somebody else to back up Rubio this summer. And you're, uh, you slipped on saying exactly who I think the Suns <laughs> should acquire as the backup point guard. I have to look at all the details again because I forgot them over time. But DeAnthony Melton, because the Suns signed him to such a short contract because they could not use cap space to sign him as a rookie like they did Elliot Cobo, two years ago, the Anthony Melton is a restricted free agent. He has no contract for next year. And because of him being a second round pick, there is a limit to how much that Memphis can pay him to come back next year. There is, I mean, it's a, like a mid-level limit, like $9 million a year. That's a lot of money. But if you really, really, really like the Anthony Melton, if you're the Suns, you could decide that you're going to pay him a little bit more than than Memphis can pay him to keep him, and uh, maybe lure him away. It depends on how much do you really like Elia Kobo. You're not getting him here for a couple million dollars a year. You're not getting him here for six, seven, eight million dollars a year. You can get him here for ten to twelve a year. Do you really think he's that good? That's the question. The Suns, but that's the perfect kind of guy. You might want as your backup going forward because he does everything. He's not a great playmaker either, but he does make plays and he's learned how to score a little bit, which is hugely impressive this year. He had no idea how to score last year. Um, and so that's the kind of guy you might want to go after this summer. But definitely Elliot Cobo has got to be in his last legs here in Phoenix. So why even try? And Javon Carter has already proven himself. I think it's Ty Jerome who's got to do something in the second half to be a reliable backup or they're going to have to find somebody else to be the primary reliable backup.
0: Look, I, I look forward to the off season of reverse mistakes. If you, know, you get D'Anthony Melton back, Bogdan Bogdanovich you know, and uh, and that's what what your off season is. Those were that two of the names you mentioned.
1: So. There's some, there's some interesting options for backup point guard that are going to be available free agents. Um, Jeff T Drogic, uh, your guys's favorite, uh, Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Vidova, Fred Van Vliet, DJ Augustine, Chris Dunn, uh, uh Michael so Carter Williams, probably going to get Napier. a
2: Brogdon contract. I don't, I don't yeah, think no, the Yeah, no, that, that.
1: I know. Uh, I that was a bit of a, you know, but he, he's an interesting option. Uh, Emmanuel yeah. Moutier, uh, Shaq Harrison, Reggie Jackson, like there's, there are some, uh, Options, uh, backup. Interesting.
2: And options yeah. are two good words to use. Yes.
1: Not,
0: not your future answer point guard though. If you're looking for that, uh, somebody no. that could inherit oh. the throne after Rubio's contract, I think you're gonna have to
2: go. The train, other thing but... Ty Jerome has to ward off is that uh, where the Suns are going to be picking in the draft this year. If the Suns keep the draft pick, that is. Um, and I would not be surprised if James Jones trades out of the draft. I would not be at all. I think that's probably his primary goal. Uh, But if the Suns keep the draft pick, the draft is heavy in backup point guards. It's not heavy in star point guards and it's not heavy in other positions, but it is heavy in backup level point guards. And Ty Jerome has to play well enough so that the Suns don't take yet another point guard with their draft pick. Um, And they've got, you know, Jalen LeCue also in the far deep wings uh, that could develop. Isn't really a point guard, but he is he could develop as a great combo guard, too. So. Ty has to play well enough that the Suns don't turn that direction in the draft.
0: uh, A name that keeps coming up in the chat is Spencer Dinwiddie, which is a name that's come up a lot for Suns fans. I just don't see the Nets wanting to move off of him. Look at Kyrie. I mean, he's been... Hey, sorry about that, everybody. We had a technical glitch, so that'll be the end of the show. But we appreciate you watching and listening to the Sun Solar Panel. We will be back next week with more uh, here on the show with Dave, Tim, and myself. If uh, you want to follow us, you can follow us at Sun Solar Panel on Twitter. You can always donate to the show by clicking the link in uh, the footnotes below. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week.